Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome to Bustin' Balls. I'm Pat Caputo, along with the uh, webmaster, Evan Jenkins. And Evan's kind of fired up. Uh, I don't think the trade deadline went exactly the way that uh, he wanted it to. I see some fire in his eyes. I see some uh, here talking about Brush Street, and he's not talking <laughs> about the lines. And uh, he doesn't think they're the wonders of Witherall at this point. Uh, the Tigers, and uh, I, I thought Scott Harris did join at the trade deadline, which uh, I guess is a contrarian uh, because most people seem to be very angry. I mean, there was panic in Detroit last night. You know, I came on after the game. But I think I did a pretty good job of talking people down from the bridge uh, when they really look at it. Uh, first of all, the Tigers, we're about drafts, we're about prospects, we're about the future on this podcast. Tigers picked up two good prospects. Uh, one in particular, how you lead, to me, is going to be a major league player, probably for multiple years. Uh, I did uh, talk to some people who scout that part of the country. Uh, he played in the Sally League this year, and that's uh, a high A ball or uh, a low A ball league uh, that's on the uh, uh, East Coast, uh, the part that he plays. There's a South and a North. So uh, it's uh, he played. Uh, in Jersey Shore, uh, probably did gym tan and laundry uh, before yeah. he went and did his uh, his job. Now, look, he's a good prospect. Uh, he's 20 years old, won't turn 21 till February. Uh, he runs well. Uh, he is, uh, in my opinion, a plus runner. Uh, that is uh, evident by the amount of stolen bases he's had and success. Uh, he runs well uh, running around, uh, say, from home to uh, from second to home. He does have. Uh, a really, really good swing, and he does drive the ball. And he, I think he is going to hit with some power. He does have a stout build that's going to get stronger. He's short, uh, but uh, strong. Uh, he's going to project as a second baseman, although some see him at third. And Eddie Leonard is uh, the complete opposite in, in some ways as a hitter. He's a wild swinger, uh, but gets a lot of torque behind his swing. He's older. He's 22. He's going to be at AAA. He did reasonably well at AA. Uh, he's Dominican signing who uh, took a while to go through all those levels at the lower level. And then as he matured, started to play better. The reason he was available is the Dodgers didn't have room on the 40-man roster after making a couple deals. There's a 40-man roster that you have to keep players on. And if they're not on that list after a certain time in your organization, uh, you have to expose him to waivers, and he would have been picked up. So the Tigers paid cash for him, and he may very well have been the player that the Tigers were trying to get from the Dodgers. And uh, so that is, they get picked up players. Uh, both could easily, by the end of the year, be in their top ten prospects, uh, with Lee in their top five. 
That's how good Lee is. They did very well in the Lorenzen deal. I think the angst is coming from Eduardo Rodriguez uh, and him staying and turning down the deal. And uh, some of the things that I've heard have been ridiculous, but you evidently are upset about this. And so fire away, and I'll try to answer the question. Uh, we can go back and forth because we've known each other since uh, time started. So we're <laughs> mad at each other. So uh, you just tell me what uh, what what your your beef is with it. Okay, I don't even really know where to start, but I'll start here. Do you think at any point Erod said yes, I would go to the Dodgers? I have no idea. Uh, I have I have neither insight or insight on that. Because here here is where my issue lies, Pat. If I am the acting GM of a team, which Scott Harris is currently. I know he is the president. And this is just gathering what he said and then what the Dodgers president said yesterday after the failed trade went through or didn't go through um, was that he had spoken. This is the Dodgers president, Feinstein, something like that, um, that he he spoke with Erod's agent multiple times, but family issues always overcame him going to the Dodgers. So my question is, do you think Scott Harris put all of his eggs in one basket with the LA Dodgers where that was the only place Erod was going to go? Cause what it seemed like to me is when that trade didn't go through, Erod said, no, rightfully so he has no trade clause. That's why you put it in those contracts. If you don't want to play somewhere for whatever reason that might be, they put it in that contract. Do you think that Scott Harris was trying to make this move, hoping that he could convince Erod to go there. That's where I'm confused. Like, did he just only deal with the Dodgers? Did he, did he play his hand too close and, and waited? And then there was nobody else there to make moves where other teams weren't going to sit around and wait for it is what it seemed like. Evan, I love you. I do. And uh, you know that, uh, but uh, on that premise, which is, I use the word narrative a lot these days because narrative seems to be something that's used. I find that narrative uh, to be ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. This is what I think happened, all right? And I said this before this all took place. Uh, I don't know if I said it on our podcast because we're so prospect-specific, and I think the last one was about the draft, but I certainly Mm -hmm. said it during my shows that I felt like Michael Lorenzen was going to have more value than Erod, even though Erod's a better pitcher, obviously, and more proven. That that contract that he has, that $50 million, that's basically dismissed like it's nothing, is not dismissed in analytics. That teams didn't like the way that passed the smell test. Because if something happens with Erod, then they're going to be on the hook for him for $50 million. And I know the Orioles went out and they got Flaherty or whatever, but the Orioles had the best match, and I thought something would come with the Orioles. It didn't. The Orioles had no interest in it. It was pretty obvious they turned their nose up to it. And if you think Scott Harris uh, didn't talk to Baltimore about trying to trade Erod, then maybe, you know, you're not in the know, okay? Now, you say, do you know that for sure? Do I have insight on that? I think I'll get insight on that, but I certainly have insight on it. Uh, I don't think there was any interest in him. I think the only interest came from the Dodgers. And I think the reason the uh, interest came from the Dodgers uh, is they looked at it and said, uh, Julio Reyes, who was so great for them a couple of years ago, he was 20 and three, 
26 years old. He dominated in the postseason in that kind of in-between role that Andrew Miller used to do and uh, what the Lorenzen may be doing if Philadelphia. Yeah, the long relief or you need certain Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so important in the postseason. Uh, He has been awful this year. And he's eligible for free agent because he started in the major league so long. He's a free agent. And then the other one's Clayton Kershaw, who's also a free agent, who's having a very good year, but they limit the amount of innings he pitches a lot more than back when he was a horse. So I think they looked and saw Erod as a potential player that they could pick up who may have value to the future of them if, say, they were real successful and do it. But evidently, everything came back to there's an issue. He wants to play close to home. He lives in in uh, Miami, as people know, and uh, he's been up and down the eastern seaboard, Baltimore, Boston, and uh, one of the reasons he signed with was Detroit. If there was another team that was interested in him, they would have, and they would have taken a low uh, a total for him. They would have taken Eddie Eddie's Leonard for him because there was no value to him with uh, free agent compensation or anything like that if he leaves and opts out of the contract. Now, what's plan B? Plan B may be to extend him. He seems to like it. He pitched well today against Pittsburgh. Uh, he, this may be the place for him. He may not even opt out. So uh, if he does opt out, he'll get a little more money, but I don't think teams are going to be going absolutely crazy for Erod. Uh, because there are a couple issues here that just up. There were some issues that came up last year. And he puts, it seems, a premium on where he is. He's made a lot of money in his life more than, hey, I got to get that extra $20 million or whatever out of my contract. So it may work out okay for them. He may stay here uh, for what his contract is or whatever. He may leave for nothing. And if that's the case, that's the case. But you can't make a market that isn't there. Uh, Scott Harris was very transparent about that. And he used oh. the cliches like headwinds and all that. But in order to really get something at the trade deadline, you need one team to agree, but you need two teams to compete for leverage. And it was pretty clear that nobody else wanted him. And it was the analytics department looking at it. For example, Lorenzen fills a role that they can see analytically fitting them. And then they're done with him if they want to be. With Erod, he wasn't somebody that you necessarily put in that four-inning role. It's It would be out of his comfort zone and spot start. And uh, when it's done, you're not over with him. If he gets hurt, you're on the hook for $50 million. And some of these teams that are actually in contention, their payroll isn't much more than $50 million for this whole year. So so it it works a little bit different than what people think. And I tried to explain that last night. Scott Harris cannot do – and if you're going to blame somebody, you blame Alavila, okay, which people just love to do anyway, because Al signed him to that contract. He put those clauses in there. And when you do that, the the chickens often come home to roost. And they came home to roost on Erod the trade clause, and the fact that there was an interest in this. He's a really good pitcher, but the value of his uh, 
desire for other teams to have him on the open market far less than if he didn't have that contract in the, those situations there. And I, mean, other, I knew I knew that dominoes were dropping because Texas went out and got a couple guys. Oh yeah, you know uh, Houston got Verlander, Giolito left. You know I mean it was, you know you could see uh, where the market was drying up for him fast, and uh, obviously. You know, people are speculate what happened last year. You know, probably had something to do with his family life. And uh, he's made that a, a priority in some way or another, maybe in ways that we don't know. Now, when you say, you know, some of the blame can go on El Avila, some of it can also go on the owner, too, because he also signed off on that contract, knowing that Al probably wasn't going to be here that long anyway. Well, at the I time, mean, at the time, going into 20, we have – Tons of revisionist history here. That's sure. the other thing that's make basically. Uh, and I'm looking; my head doesn't literally explode, and I don't get mad and throw my shoe at the radio, or like when you say something like that. But I'll use it as a as a term. My head explode. Well, that's one of them. Going into 2022, Alavila couldn't have been more secure in his job. He just got an extension, which wasn't well received at the time. But the Tigers played well above 500 for four months. So he was in no danger of losing his job. He was considered their long-term guy. And they were, as Chris Hill had said, going for the win. They, they rebuild was done. He said that at the time, which that's what turned out to be the fool's gold. It, it wasn't. It was a mirage. They weren't very good. Uh, players like Badu and Haas and, oh, man, they had a Candelario, all these guys out kicked the coverage and everything. They were awful in 2022. Mize out, then eventually Scooble out, and uh, it just fell apart. The whole organization imploded, both at the major league and minor league level to a degree. And then it had to be where Al went out. Man, people were like, you got to say he's got to be fired. I'm like, I don't even have to say that. You know, I mean, and and the the people got into the point where they just hated Al. And they blamed oh, Al for everything. But that contract, the owner not being a you know a micromanager, letting his general manager do something, let him do it. And I knew at that time I had a bad feeling. And I said this about those player opt-out contracts. They're not good. They sound good on the day you sign them. But eventually, the players got all the leverage. And right now, they're stuck with Javi Baez. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if Javi Baez may opt out. I think it's more possible than people think because I, he probably doesn't like playing here very much. It hasn't gone well for him, and he might bet on himself. He's one of those, and he's pretty talented. But, you know, they're stuck with him. Either way, if he plays well, he's gone. If he doesn't play well, they got to pay him, uh, you know, $100 million forever. So it's that that's the dynamic of it. The other one, too is, uh, you know, the, the revisionist history on the Verlander deal that I heard. Uh, and I heard mentioned by Jim uh, Costa, who we all love, and Jim knows his stuff. I, uh, you know, so this isn't a blast or don't take it personally on Jim, but it's a, it's it's like with you, I respect you, but your opinion I differ with. It's a factual thing. He said, well, I, I don't feel good that Justin Verlander was traded at 40 uh, for uh, a prospect that was better than what they got for him when he was in his prime. Well, Franklin Perez at the time was a very highly sought after prospect. Well, Fra- Franklin Perez at the time was a 
well, going into 2017 at 18 years old, I think he was at the start, uh, the 54th best prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. And uh, when he was the fourth best prospect in Houston system, ahead of Teoscar Hernandez, who's had a pretty good major league career, uh, Grindel, who's had a pretty good major league career, and Joran Alvarez, who's had a great major league career. Okay, so and the the three prospects ahead of him, the only one that was really good uh, was Kyle Tucker. The three on that list, and he was 35th after the season in the Tigers' top prospect. He got hurt. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, in a bad injury that nobody could see coming. It wasn't like, well, they just didn't do their due diligence. They do so much due diligence on pitchers, and they break down anyway because the the arm, especially the shoulder, is such a mystery still. So, revision history on these things, and they also got Jake Rogers and who's right now going to be their catcher for a few years. Uh, granted, a uh, consolation prize, considering what Verlander did in Houston. And they got Daz Cameron, who was a pretty good prospect at that time. Uh, not in the top 100, but he, he, they got the Astros' fourth, 14th, and 20th best prospects and waited out till the last minute. That deal almost didn't get done. And it was a waiver deal back when they, you know, they had the August uh, trade deadline, right? Yep. So – you know, where you'd have to pass through waivers. So that whole situation is completely different. And, uh, you know, but that contract with Eduardo Rodriguez and the fact that they can't trade him, just to make a long story short, Scott Harris can't make wine out of water. He can't put his forehead on, and you know, the uh, the, the executives with the Baltimore Orioles and say, uh, trade us to your second day in uh, Nevada. You know, it, it doesn't, Norby, you can't do that. You know, it doesn't work that way. So uh, it, it turned out, and I know a lot of baseball and analysis and analysts uh, came through with a lot of comments that Eduardo Rodriguez would be one of those guys. And I respect the people that do that. I personally just had a sense that Lorenzo was going to have money. And I don't, and the Tigers didn't lose anything here. They lost nothing. No, they not didn't. at all. They gained, two, they gained two players for their system. One in particular has a chance to be a major league regular. The other one, he doesn't really fit their MO, Eddie Leonard, Eddie's Leonard, because he's a wild free swinger. But he's got a little zip to him, all right? It, nobody knows where he can play. He's not a plus runner or negative runner or anything like that. But he's got a live bat. I mean, you know, he'll probably go to Toledo and knock out a couple home runs, but hitting 190 or something. But he has a chance. Now, there's one other question that I have involving the Erod no trade, and that is because we're talking narratives that people are saying that he loved it so much that he wanted to stay here. My question to that is, if he does indeed love Detroit and love this ball club and see things for the future, then why, I guess, regardless of the family issues, we're just putting that aside right now, why wouldn't you take that knowing that that would better your team for wanting to come back here? Do you see what I'm saying with that? Yeah, if you opt out. Yeah, you opt out, you come back and resign, and now the team's better because you helped them along the way. Here's here's what I think. I think uh, Adams, this is all speculation. Well, and that's what we're doing. We're I, 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 admittedly, I'm pulling this straight from my ass, okay? All right? This is speculation just as, you know, knowing people. I think. He was with the team. 
in Pittsburgh. I think he was scheduled to pitch the next day, and I think he felt comfortable. I think he talked it over with his family. Again, this is what I'm thinking. Sure. I think, you know, there might have been an issue about whatever. And didn't want to pick up and just fly to wherever the, the Dodgers are right now. Just right now. You could and, be. You know, and uh, looked at it and said, nah, not doing it now. It doesn't make a lot of sense from what I know of ballplayers. I mean, think about it, Evan. If you're somebody that's a major league player and you've got tons of money, so money's mm -hmm. not an issue, all right, where would you rather be than L.A. with the Dodgers? I mean, they got a chance to win it all. L.A. is a place where you don't want to go uh, if you don't have – money and you're doing a you know regular job worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bob, you know, uh, my house in Lake Orion with lake access and everything be worth millions in L.A. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but I wouldn't have a house like that if I were in L.A. I'd probably have a little ranch in West Covina or something. So... If you got that money, that's place in the world to be. And with the best organization or one of the best organizations, and they got a kick-ass team. So from a ball player standpoint, and it's a great traditional place. I, that I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to go there. But obviously, there are other things that are more important to Eduardo Rodriguez. And I, I don't know if he loves Detroit. You know, per se, like we love Detroit having grown up here and all that. And he comes here and it's like a good town. I'm sure people like most people come here, like it a lot. Yeah. They don't go leaving and saying bad things. Uh, and but uh, to me, it's just a situation that uh, from a baseball standpoint, I understand where people are going. Well, why did that happen? Yeah. Um, do you want to hear my crazy conspiracy theory that I came up with this? Hey, I have no no problem here. All right. So back in, I'm going to go back with this one. I did a little legwork to see if I could connect the dots here, right? And this is only based off of the Dodgers president saying we have some of his former teammates here, which we thought would help. So one back in 2014, the Baltimore Orioles traded Rodriguez 
to the Boston Red Sox for somebody familiar here, Andrew Miller. On that same day, the Boston Red Sox also acquired then-starting pitcher Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly then played with the Red Sox, but I don't know if you remember this. This is just from my research that I did. Joe Kelly and Erod were essentially fighting over that fifth starting spot on the young Boston Red Sox team. So I'm talking like 2016 or so. Right. Joe Kelly became erratic, and Erod ended up taking his spot in the rotation. Joe Kelly would then be sent down. And this is, yet again, conspiracy. I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm trying to connect the dots. Of why, yeah, I think I know where you're going. Huh? Yeah. Why you wouldn't want to go to L.A. So then Joe Kelly, um, if you look up multiple starts that Erod had with the Boston Red Sox, Joe Kelly would come in, and he would end up blowing the game, right? And one trade that was made before Erod and the L.A. Yeah. Dodgers, the Dodgers went and reacquired Joe Kelly from the Chicago White Sox. If you're familiar with Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly was totally against the Astros cheating scandal and everything that was involved there. My question is, maybe he just doesn't like Joe Kelly and doesn't want to play with that guy anymore. That was the only correlation that I could come up with of why maybe he didn't want to go to L.A. If we're not talking family issues, stuff like that. Hey, like I said, I'm throwing crap against the wall. I have absolutely no idea. It's a conspiracy theory, but that was the only thing I could come up with is maybe he just doesn't like Joe Kelly. Well, it could be in that circumstance. Players sometimes have that, and sometimes it runs deep. It's a lot less, from my experience in baseball, than it is in the NBA, for example. Where sure. It's like they're almost like uh, seventh graders uh, trying to be the coolest guy on the playground all the time. Um, a little bit different, but possible. But it seems like Erod's pretty mature. You know, it when seems he's, that way, right? Yeah, it does, you know. I, doesn't seem like he's got that type of uh, demeanor. Uh, Joe Kelly's kind of volatile, but Joe Kelly's like 35 years old now. So yeah. he's calmed down, you know, a lot, you know, watching him uh, since you know, he started yelling, you know, at the uh, Astros. I think he freaked out Carlos Correa, if I remember correctly. Which, you know what? He threw a pitch at Bregman. I loved it. Yeah, it was uh, made for some entertainment, but I don't know, maybe. Do you think uh, we'll ever I, find out that? Pardon? Do you think we'll ever find out? Uh, I think I think eventually you will. But it might be after a point where it doesn't really matter anymore. True. You know, in, in, in my experience, this will blow over. And uh, look, the, Rodriguez pitched well today, and he pitched well down the stretch. You know, people are going to be happy. They're going to want him to re-sign him. If they re-sign him, it may turn out to be a great thing. Uh, I understand the medium here uh, that we do things on talk radio. I came in the Sunday of the NHL free agency and Eisenman hadn't done anything. And the first couple hours they hadn't done anything. I was on the air and people were just absolutely freaking out. And uh, by the time free agency was done, he improved his team immensely uh, with five or six signings uh, that were very well thought out analytically, improved the team, made them harder to play against ultimately did uh, complete a trade uh, for Alex Brinkett. So you have to let it play out. The way I look at it, and I'm not invested in it quite the way some are emotionally, I look at it more because I covered the game as a beat writer and all that. One thing I would tell you, don't judge the players based on their prospect ranking in baseball as much as people do. It's not as simple as, well, i got to get a top 100 prospect. 
that doesn't mean squat. It does to a degree, but I, as somebody, and I, I think I have uh, some background in this because I did prospect rankings for years for Baseball America. I did the Tigers top 30. And players that are drafted in earlier rounds always get ranked a little higher. Players who are drafted a little later are always rated lower until they actually prove themselves. It's just the nature of it. And also, uh, international signings are more difficult to get your grasp on. And you have to spend a lot of time at it. And even somebody like me, and I used to go down and watch all their minor league teams, it's not enough time to know what you really need to know to just absolutely nail it a thousand percent. It's a good gauge, but it's not the be all end all of everything. And each individual organization has their own way of doing it. And obviously the good organizations do it better than the other ones. So that's the first thing I tell you. And the other thing, get off Scott Harris's ass. I mean, that's what I would tell everybody. Get off Scott Harris's ass because he's done a terrific job so far. Now, they haven't won anything. It's just a half a year. There's all kinds of different things that can go south, but he's done a terrific job, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that because, oh, you know, I just want to be positive about the Tigers. If he was doing a horse bleep job, I'd be the first to tell you if he were doing things that were crazy. But the way he structured that draft was outstanding. And do you I, I, what, I, what I heard, I heard stupid things because I guess people don't understand baseball. And I understand that. Not everybody's into it like I am. Okay. I understand that. I've been around it. And I'm not talking down to anybody on it. But when he, he took Clark, and which we mentioned Clark, and that was our guy, right? And uh, hey, Evan, we got it right again. You know, that type of thing. Which is funny. We, you know, we just text each other and said, yeah, the first person I heard was talk about Matt Clark with you, you know. And we text <laughs> each other back and forth. But Clark was taken, and then they signed him for a slot value that was one lower, right? And people are, like, freaking out. Well, Max Clark doesn't care. You know, he was going to go fourth if they didn't take him anyway, right? So, yeah. you know, and uh, so it, it, he might have been fifth, and then it would have been less. So that made sense. They signed him right away. They knew they already talked to his agent. They had it set. And that allowed them to sign Kevin McGonagall, who was a top, you know, top first round draft pick that slid down to in between rounds at 37. And he was hard to sign. He wanted to play college baseball. And he got a big bonus that was way above slot. And it allowed him to sign Paul Wilson, whose uh, father, Trevor, was a major league pitcher. And they took him in one of the later rounds, and he got a huge bonus, like way above slot. But then they were able to sign him to keep him from going to Oregon State. So they picked up two guys because of that. And also when they drafted Max Anderson, uh, they signed him below slot. They signed him a little bit above where, or drafted him a little bit above where I projected him to go. But you know, some people had him there. I thought he would be like a third rounder or something, uh, infielder from uh, Nebraska. And that allowed them to do that. And those often turn out to be your best players. So that draft could net a huge reward ultimately for the Tigers organization. And in the case of Clark, I don't think he's that far away. 
And uh, McGonagill has real good bat-to-ball skills. He may move quickly. Uh, Wilson's more of a – they're going to have to work – he's a tall lefty who, uh, you know, he's, you're going to have to work with him mechanically. But how many lefties do you find that throw in the mid-90s consistently when they're 18 years old? Well, if you do, they're a unicorn well, and they're drafted very, very soon. Right. And so to me – and the kid that they picked up here, and just to give you an idea – uh, Ho Yu Lee. Okay. If you were a college player, he would be entering his senior year in college. That's what he would be doing. Now watch him play. And I, I spend a lot of time watching him play, not just the highlights or whatever. Watch him play and then go watch a college game and tell me where he would fit in that college game. Right. And it's kind of like what people do with, uh, and I saw it happen this year with Beef Stew. Uh, Beef Stew is never going to be anything. Beef Stew is never going to The guy averaged eight points or averaged uh, uh, 11 points and eight rebounds at 21 in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he can shoot the three. Uh, excuse me? I mean, how many 21-year-olds shoot threes well? And he really developed some form, and he tripled it on the attempts that he had. And if you actually watch the Pistons, that percentage, he had a lot of balls go in and out. Uh, his percentage will go up that way. And He's then also younger than five first round draft picks from this year. So think about exactly. That. So That's when cool. we're when we're looking at this, and this is look, this is the purpose of this, you know, doing the, the podcast to a degree. Because doing a show, it's hard for me to get into the the whole roots of it. But I think people want to know. I did. And, yeah, right, exactly. And uh I think well, you know, in why players are taken and what their development curve is. And people want guarantees and all that. There are no guarantees ever with this. And baseball, really not. You know, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Like Max taken, he was taken third overall. Baseball draft started in 1965. Uh, in that time, uh, over that's a pretty good period, almost 60 years, right? Uh, you have... Only uh, you're eight times more likely to be a Hall of Fame player in the NFL at third overall than in baseball. And baseball's got all kinds of different layers to it. You got guys coming out in high school. You got guys coming out in college. You got international guys. You got this player here who's signed out of Thailand. The U.S. PBL. You're right. So (laughs) You're right. You can get baseball players anywhere. Well, they did get, uh, you know, Robic did pretty well. And I, I laughed at the PBL. Uh, uh, you're Pat, talking about like almost 30 kids to minor league or major league contracts now. Well, more than that. It's crazy. That. Yeah, them. But I, I uh, Andy Appleby's done a great job out there and he cared about that. And I, and I, and I cynically, uh, because the, I cynically said, I don't like independent baseball. I don't think it's that good, but they've done a terrific job out there. Well, and you think about how many of those leagues exist across the United States that you're right. You can get baseball players. I mean, anywhere. It's almost like going back to a league of their own where they found the two girls at the cow farm. You know what I mean? But it doesn't matter if you can play the game. It doesn't matter where you played before with Major League Baseball. But I found out. Pat, the one last question I have about Scott Harris and I think you would be able to answer this better than most. Does he need to hire a general manager? 
No, okay. he needs to probably hire somebody, but it's it's semantics at this point. The general okay. manager is really now the president of baseball operations. Well, that's like what the Dodgers has. They don't have their GM. Well, it's the so president of baseball operations. He wasn't the GM in San Francisco. It was actually right. Fairhan, you know, was the was the the GM. I think I pronounced it. I always have trouble with it, but that guy's great. He's president of baseball operations there. He's worked with two of the best in the business. Oh, Theo Epstein. Yeah. So he's he's well qualified and it shows. So the moral of the story is patience, right? Well, the moral of the story is I don't know what the moral of the story is because uh, I don't baseball is more complex. And uh, I think for a general fan base or for even uh, folks that work at the station uh, who know baseball pretty well, I mean, everybody, everybody that goes on the air at our station knows baseball well, uh, more than, you know, sure. because they follow it close. It's not like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about baseball or whatever. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but it, the thing is, it's a lot deeper. And there's a lot more uh, roots to it and tentacles as things grow. It, it takes, some, yeah. And uh, overreacting, and I think hockey is that way to a degree. I think, Evan, we're so in tune to like the way the NFL works. And the NFL, one of the beauties of it is you can follow it year round with free agency, the draft, all those different things. And if multitasking as a media member where you got to cover all the sports and the NFL is the most popular. It's easy to follow in, in a degree and to get to in a degree. And it's covered enormously the other sports, but particularly hockey and baseball, not so much. And it takes a lot of tentacles and I follow it so closely because I love it. It's not like, Oh, it's my job and I'm working so hard. Uh, I just love all those different aspects of it uh, and started enjoying that early in my career. When you're a beat guy, you know, you really start to understand how things are and just got very interested in it. But before I got into the media and was exposed to that, uh, I wasn't following it that closely. You know, I'm, I'm totally a sports freak, as you know, I mean, beyond, you know, anything. So, but I, my point isn't to like, say, hey, man, I'm the smartest guy in the room, and I know this and that. But when things come down like this, and I hear certain narratives, and there's that word again. I use it a lot these days. Maybe I have to come up with another one. That and based on facts, uh, I do feel like, okay, like I said today, stay off Scott Harris's ass. All right? He's not Matt Millen. He's not Al. He, he is more equipped, better equipped. And I knew Al very well. Al, ultimately, people won't hate him as much, ultimately. He's a nice man. He was a good baseball man. And actually, some of these players that he drafted and brought in, the Kerry Carpenters and Bo Briskies and Tarek Scoobles and Riley Greens and Torkelson, Jake Rogers, uh, Alex Lang, some are going to be pretty good. And so people won't be going, they don't have anybody that they've ever gotten from Al. But Scott Harris is much better qualified to be the Tigers general manager. And it's shown so far. 
you can take that from whatever it's worth. He was the ideal hire. And what he did at the trade deadline with the Eduardo Rodriguez thing, it's a blip on the screen compared to the other things that they're doing. I agree. I mean, I think you put it really well. I'm glad we had this talk because you're right. I mean, there's narratives going around and it's a good topic of conversation. And like you said, we may never know what actually happened, but you're probably closer to what really happened than my wackamanie theory of he just doesn't like Joe Kelly. But you know what? I know what your your headline's going to be. Stay off Scott Harris's ass. I mean, shouldn't it be? (laughs) Just stay off his ass because he doesn't deserve that. Like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, and and it was the same with Eisenman. I mean, come on. I mean, people were like going crazy about Steve friggin' Eisenman. I'm not going to lie. I kind of get a kick out of that one, but. No, but I I mean, we think about it. You know, it's like, and Iserman, it's like, well, he's in his fifth year. It's like, yeah, but he, one of the years, half the year, they didn't even have, uh, weren't able to play while the other team were playing in that bubble. You know, well, this player, player development system was they would go on the road at Grand Rapids and play Chicago in the practice rink. I was why I watch a game on AHL TV and it would be like the, the netting, you know, that the camera <laughs> was through. Oh, that's good. No, nobody, nobody, it's like, and he inherited the worst mess possible, and he's put the Red Wings in the best position they could possibly be at this point. Ah, man, he's five years. Not even in his fifth year yet. We're just starved for winning, Pat. Oh, you know, Evan, that is absolutely, and I understand it. I do. I I do, and uh, like I said, I'm not not trying to be a preacher up here or something, but, and I do understand it. And it was so good before. Remember when the Pistons were in the Eastern Conference Finals every year? April and the D, man. Pistons? Yeah, no more April and the D now, man. That one's that one's gone by the wayside. Now but, yeah, uh, no, we had it, we had it really good. We really did. And you now we no even the Lions that one year in 2011, I remember they had that uh, game uh, uh at Ford Field and the Tigers were playing the Rangers in the postseason and you know, it was like it was helping lead Detroit back out of the recession and everything. And uh, we've, you know, we haven't had that much excitement lately. But when it when it does hit, I think it's it's going to hit. And I think obviously the lines are in the right direction. I don't think it's a myth here. Uh, don't forget to check out our podcast. We did a special podcast on that called uh, "Can't Make This Up," in which we uh, go over a lot of the things that happen with lines. And we may do one later on that. And uh, also with the Tigers and the Red Wings, especially the Red Wings, I think they got a chance. And the Pistons, Gabe Cunningham, I saw some video of him. He's looking pretty good, man. He's looking buff. Oh, looks dunk. Like, yeah, that was uh, – he, he had a couple good dunks, though, his rookie. I, Pat, there's one thing I got to pump the brakes. I saw somebody subtweet that video and was like, he's never had hops like this. And I'm like, I expected yeah, some Vince Carter type stuff. And I'm like – if your six foot eight basketball player can't dunk, you got bigger problems right now. No, he had a he had a great dunk his rookie year where he took. Oh a- yeah, then he pointed at somebody and got a tech. Yeah, and he got a tech. You know the refs are real messy. We know that that's not his game. But, Evan, uh, I want to emphasize people like us and download us uh, at the Google Play Store, uh, Apple iTunes Store. That's you know especially and uh, Odyssey.com. 
and uh, we'll be doing this uh, as time goes on. We got podcasts up on the 2024 draft already. I mentioned that Lions uh, podcast, which is pretty good and people seem to like, and just a lot of things that we're doing. And we appreciate you listening. So any feedback you give me or Evan, uh, we appreciate it. And Evan, I appreciate very much what you do. And uh, thanks for uh, calling me out today. No, thank you, Pat. I mean, just great to talk baseball. It really is. is. It is. And, you know, one thing about this summer, the Tigers have been interesting. It's way better than last summer. I still turn on every game. I do. Last year I wasn't, but this year I am. I mean, I'm still intrigued. I still root for Torque. I root for Green. And, you know, I root for Cabrera. I can't wait till we get you to tune in to every hockey game. Yeah, we're probably a few years down the road from that one. Or they you start banging. You love those scoops. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next time. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.